Hello, Weird Mythic fam, and welcome. Thanks for tuning in. It's, of course, Weird Mythic Podcast with me, Naomi, and as always, I'm with Serena. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. (laughs) So, how has your day been so far? I am so tired and just happy to be home, so I want to hear something exciting from you. (laughs) I'm exhausted. You just want to hear about my injury. I do. I didn't know how to set it up, so I'm like, here, let me just you know spew this out real fast i want to hear something exciting i want to hear something exciting from you okay we're gonna spend the next couple minutes talking about my butt crack because i butt crack baby okay i heard it so bad so (laughs) at the gym i discovered i feel like we've talked about this before too disclaimer guys if you don't want to hear about my butt crack too bad okay so (laughs) you don't want to hear about my butt crack Um, I was at the gym and we were doing sit-ups. So every minute we would do 30 seconds of sit-ups and we did this for like 16 minutes straight. Okay. All right. And I think I like must've scratched it or like scraped it or scuffed it or something. I, I injured (laughs) my butt crack. Okay. While you were doing sit-ups. Yes. And I didn't realize that I did that until... I stepped into the shower and the hot water hit my butt crack <laughs> and it felt like 19 knives were stabbing me simultaneously in my butt crack. Okay. I can't right now because all I am picturing is like you in the shower, like jump, like jumping forward, but grabbing your ass. Like, oh, 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 oh. 1000% that's what happened. I cupped that motherfucker so fast. I was like, no. And it's like not oh in the butt crack, like inside the cheeks. It's like where <laughs> you're, it's like just the tip. Mm-hmm. So like where your butt crack meets your tailbone, right? Like that little edge piece or whatever whatever you want to fucking call it that's what's injured right now and so i go out to tea because like naturally i want to be like i can't fucking see my butt crack like let me ask him what does it look like hey babe check out my butt crack no literally and um so in the shower like i wasn't able to like fully i had to like wash my hair you know like to the side like without water dripping down your back type of thing gotcha yeah so i just don't feel like as clean as I should be. <laughs> but <laughs> because you didn't want to continue feeling pain. It's hurting so bad. So like I did a little quick scrub, scrub, rinse, rinse. And then for the rest of the time, it was out air drying while I was like trying to wash the rest of my body. But I get out of the shower and I walk over to T and I'm like, hey, can you like look at my butt crack real quick? Because there's something going on. And he's like, yeah, it's really red. My kid walks up. She goes, oh, my God. And I'm like, what, Riley? She's like, your butt crack. (laughs) So she's so concerned. We're all just. Yeah. Oh, my God. Your poor butt crack. (laughs) All right. Three minutes later. What are we talking about today? How are you, actually? How are you? <laughs> I am in such a better mood after hearing that. <laughs> it hurts to even sit down, like, because you know you have oh, to, like, shit. when you're sitting uh-huh. on a bed and you have, like, your pillows against the the headboard or the wall, yeah. right? You're mm-hmm. sitting exactly on that part of your butt. 
Yeah. It hurts so bad. <laughs> I am so sorry about your butt crack. <laughs> it's okay. This isn't the first time. Oh, thank you so much for that. I didn't know how much I needed that, Serena. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Everybody out there, oh, shit. you're welcome. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Today's episode, we are going to be doing another true crime episode, and I don't know if you've heard of this case or not, but before I get into my case, I did want to ask, have you been following the the Jimmy J. Lee case, the missing person out of uh, Mississippi? No. So, I've been following it, because they haven't found him yet, but... And somebody needs to kind of explain this to me because they are pressing charges against this guy named Sheldon Harrington Jr. And he is being charged with the murder and disappearance of Jimmy J. However, they don't they don't have his body yet. And I'm really glad that the detectives are like doing their due diligence and like looking at this guy. And they do have, you know, some incriminating evidence against him. But I always get confused on how they can charge somebody with murder without a body. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody else is following this, but if you could just, like, help me, like, figure out how they could do that if it is just from the little bit of evidence they have against him. And I think they also have, a like, somebody else who came for- forward to say that they saw them together. But I don't know. I-, I think it's great that the, you know, police and, you know, the... Crime people, crime people. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> trying to help and find her and bring her, bring him justice. Sorry, but um, yeah, I just want somebody to help kind of explain that to me. How you can charge somebody with murder without a body? I have looked at the incriminating evidence against Sheldon Harrington, and I definitely think that they're going in the right direction. So, I think they're they're doing a good job. I just kind of want to know how that works. Nice. So okay. somebody help me there. Everyone, but, um, tell Naomi at WeirdMythicPodcast at gmail Thank you. Thank you. All right, so the um, story I want to talk about today is about the sad, tragic murder of Heather Kwan. But I'm also going to be talking about her boyfriend, and his name is Ryan Waller. Um, So I'm going to start off, obviously, at the beginning and try to work my way through the case. Because when I was introduced to this case, I initially just watched Ryan's interrogation. And I very much recommend everybody just type in Ryan Waller interrogation and you will definitely see where everybody was coming from from the beginning. Okay. So, are we ready, Serena? I am. I feel like I might know this story. Awesome. Okay, cool. Because maybe you have some details that I might have missed. But But you know I'm always wrong, so. (laughs) You are not always wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to start off on Christmas Day. 2006. Don Waller called the police in Desert Hills, Arizona. His son Ryan and Ryan's girlfriend Heather never showed up to his home for Christmas Day and nobody in the family had heard from them since about like the day before on Christmas Eve when Ryan and Heather said, yeah, we're going to come over Christmas Day and hang out. So, All Christmas Day, the family's trying to get a hold of Ryan and Heather, and they're not answering their phones. So, Don calls the cops for a welfare check. The two officers show up to Ryan and Heather's home. They knock several times on the door. They're not getting any answer. They're yelling, you know, police, welfare check, anybody home. 
They wait a couple minutes, continue knocking, and then Ryan eventually opens the door and stands in the doorway of where the cops are. And the first thing that the police notice is that Ryan has this huge, and I'm talking huge, black eye. His eye is swollen shut. Like, it is ridiculous how swollen this dude's eye is. Oh, gosh. So, the police ask him, like, you know, who are you? And are you Ryan? And he's cooperating. And they're like, who's the girl behind you? And they notice a female on the couch laying face down. And Ryan turns around and he says, oh, she's just sleeping. So, the cops are like... Okay, well, we're here to do a welfare check. Are we? Can we come into the home? And Ryan doesn't hesitate. He lets them into the home. The cops immediately go over to the woman lying on the couch. Does turn out to be Heather. And the first thing they see is that she has a gunshot wound to her face. Ugh. Right to her face. So the cops immediately arrest Ryan on murder charges of Heather. They put yeah. him in the police car. And they leave him in the police car while other police are coming, the ambulance is coming, and they're, like, taping everything off. So he's watching this happen in his house from the police car. A few hours later, they finally get over to the police station where they put Ryan into the interrogation room. And, you know, as soon as they put somebody in there, they're not in there with the cop immediately. They kind of just kind of put him in there and let them hang out for a few minutes Ryan is not handcuffed at this point. As Ryan is sitting in the interrogation room alone, he's wearing one of those, like, white jumpsuits, you know, because they took his clothes for evidence. So they've already started the whole process of collecting evidence, getting shit ready to go. They need to know what happened to Heather since she was dead in the home. So as he's sitting there by himself in the interrogation room, Ryan's not crying Sometimes you hear people talking to themselves during the interrogation before the actual interrogation starts, but that's not happening either. He does kind of just stare off into nothing. Like, he's straight up just staring into the walls. Nothing. And then he kind of moves around a little bit, and he's he looks like he might be uncomfortable. And down, like, near where the wall and table meet, there is a handcuff there, like, attached to the wall, you know? And Ryan actually picks up the handcuff and handcuffs himself. <laughs> I'm like, okay. that, that was a bit weird. So he puts his head down onto the table and like he's kind of sleeping, but you hear him like kind of uh, like groan a little bit. And then he stands up like he's going to walk out of the interrogation room like he totally forgot that he handcuffed himself. You're like, what the hell is this dude doing? What the heck? So... He sits back down and he's like tugging at the wall with the handcuff. And then finally, the police do come into the interrogation room. And this is about five, five in the morning on December 26th. So the day after. So it's been a good day, day and a half since the family had seen Ryan or Heather. And it's been about a almost a, you know, it's been a long time since they had him in the car take him to the interrogation and now they're sitting there about five in the morning on december 26 2006 ryan is cooperating with the police he's not being combative he's answering their questions but not really answering their questions as i was watching the video i'm like is this dude lost is he on drugs 
what what is going on? He just doesn't seem like he's fully there. Is it just not making so, sense or like it's 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 not making sense exactly. Okay. I'll get into a little bit of the like interrogation conversation that the police ha- or that the cop has with Ryan. So Ryan's being Mirandized and the policeman goes, "Do you understand your rights?" And Ryan immediately says, "I don't understand." And the policeman looks at Ryan going, you don't understand your Miranda rights. And Ryan goes, I don't understand. He goes, so you've never seen, like, cop shows or anything like that, how they read them their rights. And then Ryan goes, oh, that I, I understand that. And so the cop's, like, goes through the Miranda rights again, and Ryan understands. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so... The cop, of course, asks him all the regular questions. What's your name? Where do you live? How old are you? Social security number. He's answering all of these. And then the cop starts to ask about Heather. Who is Heather? And Ryan's saying nothing. He's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, she was in your home. Isn't she your girlfriend? He goes, Heather? Oh, no, she's not my girlfriend. He's like, okay, well, do you know Heather's last name? And Ryan's like, I don't think she goes by that other name anymore. She goes by a couple of different last names. So the cop's like, okay, well, what happened to your eye? And Ryan goes, oh, it was an accident. Heather hit me. And the cop is like, okay, well, why did she hit you? And what did she hit you with? And Ryan's like, she hit me with her hand, but it was an accident. And the cop is like, well, were you guys in an argument? And Ryan goes, no. And the cop, is, it, they keep going back and forth like this for a few minutes. And the cop is really trying to understand what happened to his eye and how Ryan is saying he doesn't really know who Heather is. Yeah. Eventually getting more into, you know, getting to what happened to Heather? What happened the other night? Why is she dead? And it takes a while for Ryan to really go like, oh, she's dead. Like, it didn't, he didn't understand that she w- was dead, apparently. At least Is that's what it like, seemed like. He was so confusing the whole time. Ex- right, yes, tell me everything you're thinking, please, because these are exactly what was going through my head as I'm watching this interrogation. So, at some point in the interrogation, the cop is still like, what happened to your eye? What happened to Heather? And Ryan is getting really frustrated And he keeps saying things like, I don't know, man. I just want to go to bed. And the cop is like, well, you're you're not going home. You're not going to bed. There was a dead woman in your apartment, in your home. Like, we need to figure out what's going on. And eventually Ryan says, oh, Richie and his dad came over. They had some, like, arrows and some bows. And the cop is like, who? (laughs) Who's Richie? So he asks, who's Richie? Did you let them in the house? Oh, Richie, no. Yeah, they came in. He's like, but they had bow and arrows? He goes, no, man. They didn't have bow and arrows. They had revolvers. And now the cop is like, you just said that they had bow and arrows. And you clearly hear Ryan say bow and arrows. And then getting frustrated saying, no, they had a revolver. So the cop is like, okay, so what happened? And Ryan then says, I don't know, man. They came in and shot us. And now the cop is like, 
shot us. Were were you shot? He goes, I don't know, man. It's like, did they shoot Heather? I don't, I don't know. The Richie and his dad came over. They just started shooting. The cop is like, well, did they shoot you and Heather? And the, Ryan is like, I don't know. They just came in and started shooting. That's really as far as the cop is getting. I wonder so the, if he has, like, a concussion or something. Like, it sounds like he yeah. just genuinely can't remember. Like, Yeah, yeah. So the cop is then like, so are you saying that you were shot? And Ryan's like, yes, I don't know. And the cop goes, well, did you shoot Heather? And Ryan goes, no. You need to tell me the truth, the cop says, repeatedly. You need to tell me the truth. And Ryan says, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Richie and his dad came over, and then, I don't know. They put me in a sleeper hold. And the cop is like, what's a sleeper hold? So <laughs> Ryan's like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. And then the cop is like, Ryan, if you were shot in the eye with a revolver, you would be the one who's dead right now, not Heather. And Ryan goes, I don't know. The cop goes, what happened to Heather? And Ryan is still, Richie and his dad shot her. The cop, did you let Richie and his dad inside? And of course he says yes. Getting into about an hour and a half of this by, like, this cop is in there for almost two hours with Richie at this, or not Richie, sorry, Ryan at this point. And at the end, the cop is like, you know, like you could see he's getting really really frustrated with Ryan. He's not getting anywhere in this interview. He keeps changing his story. His answers aren't making sense. Like, at some point, the cop even asks him, like, well, when did you graduate high school? And Ryan's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what grade did you finish? His answer was B. He said B as an answer. And the cop is like, no, not a letter grade. Like, what grade did you graduate? Like, eighth grade? Do you know how to read and write? And Ryan goes, yes. Strangest answers. Yeah. He's just, it's just not making sense. So, by the end of the interrogation, the cop is like, come come here, Ryan. Let me take a good look at you. And you, you see the cop kind of, like, place his hand on top of Ryan's head. And he's looking around his eye. He's looking around his head. And he's like, you know... Give me a few minutes. I'll be right back. So he leaves Ryan in in the interrogation room and comes back in, but he has some, like, EMTs with him, or it looked like they might have been firemen EMT guys. So they come into the interrogation room, and Ryan is, like, looking at these five men just come into this room, just looking around, just dazed out of his mind. So the... One EMT guy goes over to him and he's checking him out. He doesn't take more than a minute at the most and then goes, yep, all right, looks like your right is here, Ryan. And Ryan looks at the, you know, EMT guy going, wait, what? what where are we going? And he goes, this is the quote from the EM, the fire dude who went in to look at him. Legit says, you're going to the hospital to be checked out. Bro, you were shot in the face. He said, bro, you were shot in the he face. He said, bro, you were shot in the face. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then Ryan yeah. just goes, oh, I didn't know. He says, oh, it's all making sense now. At all. So, <clears throat> all right, guys. 
let's pretend you didn't know any of that. And you're just watching this interview. And like, like me, I was like, is he trying to play dumb? Is he trying to like, he's, he's not mental at all. There was no evidence of any sort of mental disability. Like he had a job, he was going to school and he had a house with his girlfriend and he just was not making any logical sense. Ryan was shot twice in the head. He had four bullet wounds, which means they went right through. The cops believe that Ryan was shot in the head. And, of course, he passed out immediately. He was shot in the face. So he probably laid there on his floor and then got up eventually and didn't even notice that Heather was also dead. Like... I just don't know how to, I don't know how to, like, okay, so the cops get there and they see this dude with this massive eye injury. They don't check him out. They take, they leave him in the cop car for hours, then take him to the interrogation where he's there for another couple hours before they actually get him medical attention. I'm just like, I don't know. It's, it's them immediately thinking that this person was the one who killed Heather. But their first initial thoughts were, oh, that's an injury because you were attacking her and that's her fighting back. So that's their mind or that's their way of thinking, right? Yeah, but don't you still get the person medical attention first? Isn't that like priority? I thought so also, but that is not what happened here. So he was just basically left for dead then? like when- Yes. Okay. Exactly. So, who the fuck is Richie and his dad, right? I just keep thinking of Richie Buck, like, Santa maybe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I'm like... No, not him. <laughs> so, Richie was a former roommate of Ryan and Heather's. Because it was, like, I think, like, a four-bedroom home that Ryan had a couple of roommates, and then Heather, his girlfriend, was living there with him. So... At some point, um, Richie was kicked out of the house, pretty much. Like, the little bit of information I could find was that Richie was, like, kind of hitting on Heather, and Heather actually brought it up to her boyfriend, Ryan, to see, like, hey, your friend is kind of hitting on me, makes me feel uncomfortable in my own house. So there was a little bit of an argument going on, but Richie was kicked out of the house for good reason, it sounds like. Yeah, I would agree. Richie... Goes back home to his dad and tells him about how he was kicked out of the house. And so Richie and his dad, whose name is Larry, so Larry and Richie Carver, then decided to go over to confront Ryan. Ryan opens the door when they knock and they stick a pistol into the doorway and immediately shoot Ryan. They didn't didn't hesitate to do shit. They stuck the pistol in shot him, walked over him, walked over to Heather, who was laying on the couch, and then shot her. And then stole a computer and some guns and took off. Oh my gosh. That's How so freaking sad. fucking senseless. Pussies over, also. Like, uh, over, just so, I'm like, I like, I was really trying to find any other reason besides... Richie's probably just an asshole and was kicked out of the house. Honestly, no, people like, who kill people, like, there's mm-hmm. no logical reason there. Like, that's, you're never gonna find, 
like a logical reason i feel <laughs> you know i agree i do agree with you but it's just like one of those things where it's like they did they didn't hesitate it's like they both got really mad and then it's like the only way to solve this is to kill him like i just uh so there's a little bit of drama that happens once this whole thing comes about because now Ryan is also a victim in this breaking, entering, and then senseless murder. Yeah. So at some point, Larry, who is Richie's dad, Larry Carver, is actually talking to his wife and kind of tells her, like, yeah, me and me and Richie, your son, went and killed them or went and tried to kill them and told his wife about it. So... The wife, there, there is a law that you, the husbands and wife can't testify against each other, mm-hmm. regardless of what's happening. So, the only person who went to prison is Richie. Richie went, Richie went to prison in 2008. He is a con- for a felony murder, burglary, aggravated assault, misconduct involving a weapon. And he got life. So, 2008... Richie got life. There was nothing trying to say he didn't do it. They were able to find all the evidence to, and not to mention his mom now knows and told the cops. But she can't testify against her husband. So they couldn't do anything to Larry. It was pretty much just all hearsay at that point. But Did she leave him at least? That I don't know. Okay. I do not know. <laughs> I didn't. I I couldn't find any other information about Larry's wife, Richie's mom. But in 2011, Heather's family went to. I'm, I don't know if it's Supreme Court or went to the government, you know, in Arizona or whatever. But they were able to have a law passed called Heather's Law, where marital marital privilege can be thrown out the window pretty much in case in criminal cases so once that happened in 2011 they were finally able to press charges against larry who is now serving life in prison as of 2013 with his son richie yay what happened to ryan thank you (laughs) so what happened to ryan after the interrogation he immediately went to the ER, obviously. Like, they, like, hightailed it to the ER. Yeah, because, bro, you got shot in the face. <laughs> That's what it's, like, it's there. It's on the interrogation. Just watch the interrogation. You'll hear, you're going to the hospital to be checked out. Bro, you were shot in the face. <laughs> like, <laughs> you Sorry can tell that the we're, face. like, laughing during this episode, but that that's humorous I- to me. And we've explained it before, nervous laughter. It's the only way I can get through this, okay? Because, damn. So, Richie get or not Richie, sorry, Ryan gets to the ER and come to find out there is a piece of skull embedded in his brain. He, his sinuses are punctured. They had to remove both of his eyes and part of his brain due to the trauma. <gasps> Think about it. This happened Christmas Eve, early Christmas Day. He didn't see a doctor until very late on December 26th, if not early December 27th. So it was almost two full days of him possibly wandering around his house 
100% confused with a massive amount of pain and blood pooling into his brain. He had all kinds of internal bleeding in his head for two days. That's so sad. They had to remove both of his eyes, part of his brain, and due to all the trauma, he was actually completely dependent on his parents after that. He could not take care of himself. Ryan was no longer independent and had to be completely dependent on his parents. That's so sad. Ryan passed away in 2016 due to the injuries. There was a seizure that was directly related to those injuries from 2006. So he did live 10 years after the murder of Heather, but it was not... But did he really It was not to the best that he could have been living his life. He wasn't living. That's so sad. There was an investigation into the Phoenix police, considering they never got him medical attention like they should have in the yeah, first place. Yeah, that's, like, very, like, you dropped the ball. Huge. Huge. This is, he, he lost both his, he has permanent brain damage, and he can't have a normal life now because of this. Some of it could have been prevented, but it wasn't, because they immediately thought, this is the person who did it, case closed, let's get his confession. But nothing was ever done. I found that they had an investigation and nothing went forward. Cops weren't, you know, taken off even for a couple months. Nothing like that. It was just there was an internal investigation. Nothing came out of it. The system failed him so hard. So bad. Heather, she was 21 years old. She was going to school to become a defense lawyer. So... I just wanted to put that out there, that there was absolutely nothing I could find on Heather or Ryan to say that they did anything wrong or bad to anyone. Of course, their parents are going to be biased and say that they were great kids. They were moving in the right direction in their lives. But I think that's true for Heather and Ryan. They were doing stuff with their lives. They were both going to school. They were on their own, doing their thing trying to do something with their life. And sadly, they didn't get that chance because somebody was just an asshole. That's the only thing I could find is that Richie and Larry Carver were just assholes and murdered Heather Kwan, and they are responsible for the murder of Ryan Waller. And they're both serving life right now. They are both serving life. Yes, they are. (laughs) And that is my true crime story for this week guys that's so freaking sad so insane i just there is so much that went into that in interrogation that i was getting so irritated with ryan like i was like dude just answer the questions like if you shot her say it because the cops already got the information or already have the details of it from looking at the crime scene no i was wrong (laughs) i was 100 percent wrong so, I, I was, mean, too. I like the way you did uh, that one, though, because in the beginning, you're like, is this dude schizophrenic? Is he freaking yeah. high on, on his ass? Like, what, what I is- thought he was on drugs, like, yeah. straight up. I was like, this dude's just fucked up. And especially when you went in the interrogation and you're like, this happened a couple days ago. So, wait, that, that girl's body was in his house for a good day? And then that just makes you think... 
even worse things about how well, how could a person just live with a dead body? No. Yeah, he was severely why... brain damaged and he didn't even he he really did think Heather was sleeping. And he was he was in so much I don't know. There's so much trauma with his brain and everything that he probably didn't even know what day it was. That's crazy. Brain injuries are so weird because you just never know how, like, Mm -hmm. realistically, that could have just killed him right away. Exactly. And he was shot twice. They shot him when they walked in and they must have shot him a second time because there was four different exits or there was two exits. So went right through. Just like, I I don't know. I can't I can't imagine how scared or how confused he was that whole he, day in his home by himself, really thinking that his girlfriend was just asleep on the couch. He he had no sense of time. Is the only thing I could think of. He yeah, didn't know exactly. what was going on. He probably literally had no idea. He was probably just sitting there the whole time. Yeah, that's exact. That's all I could think of, and. I don't know. It's just that's sad. So sad the, to think of his last failed, like, and that's exactly what I could not stop thinking of was that day of him by himself, while his family was calling him, wondering yeah. where he was, and he didn't even know that they were calling him. He didn't know anything happened. That was me in the last case. I was like, think about that last week, like the suffering and like. You'll just never know. That's what's so crazy about these cases is like, you'll never know what those moments were like. No. And it's not like he could even explain it afterwards. He doesn't, he he was so confused. And then once you find out, oh no, this, this man is severely injured. And then you just think about that whole interrogation and the cops letting him sit in the police car for hours, just like. So much could have helped him have a better life if they got him to the ER much, much sooner. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is, like, how many people saw him? Like, because if you think about it, there's the cops that were originally there. Mm -hmm. All the people in the station, there had to have been multiple people he was walking past. And, like, Mm -hmm. how many people let it go to where, like, you can clearly see. I saw. And it looks really really bad like his eyes like shut yeah that's what i'm saying like no there was i'm sorry even if you think he murdered that woman something's wrong with his face yeah he still needs to get attention like that's it's always you have to focus on the medical attention before you're gonna get any answers like honestly Mm -hmm. he's as shitty as it does sound he's the one that's still alive like you know you need to Make sure no, he's you're right. okay and stays alive so that you can get your answers. That's what I was going to say. And if he was the murderer, you need to have him fit to go to court so you can have an actual, like, case. You can't have that if somebody has a brain injury. So, I don't know. It just, none of it made sense. He should have known. The cop should have uh, known. Like, they, they go through extensive training. He should have known mm-hmm. that this kid was, like, even listening to you talk about the interrogation, I was like, does this kid have a concussion? Like, it sounds like he has a concussion or something, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his brain was bleeding. Yeah. It's fucking wild. But I very much encourage everybody to go watch that interrogation. Um, it was just... 
It's sad. The whole thing. Heather did not deserve to be murdered. Ryan did not deserve to be murdered and have all of that trauma happen to him. And, I mean, I think you said it perfectly earlier how we'll just never understand the thought process of anyone like Richie and his dad. Like, No, I think that's what is so interesting for people who like true crime. I wouldn't want to say like true crime because I don't think anybody likes it but are interested in it is you can kind of get a glimpse into, like, what that person's thinking. And that's really what I think a lot of people try to do with anything that, I don't know, doesn't make sense to us. We just want to ask more questions and try to get to that answer. But I don't think I'll ever understand why they did that. (laughs) I can never understand why anybody can take somebody's life and somebody's existence. So senseless. I can never get, I'll never wrap my mind around that. No. Uh, Well, let us know what you guys think of that case at weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, all of our social media, all of the Weird Mythic. (laughs) Come hang out with me on Twitter at Weird Mythic. Roll over to Instagram and kick it with Naomi at Weird Mythic Podcast. And then we have our Facebook page. And yeah. yeah, definitely send us an email at weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. And if you have any other true crime cases that you would like us to cover, that would be cool because, I mean, it's it's fun to find them, but we want to do something that you guys want to hear. So Yeah, this actually was brought to me by my brother. So shout out to Hunter. He's the one who had me watch the interrogation. He knew I was going to like it. And dude, you were right. <laughs> like, dude. So thank you for that recommendation, little brother. Was it his birthday recently? It was. It was on <laughs> Tuesday. Happy birthday, if he listens. Uh, he kind of does. <laughs> make, him, make him listen to the true crime ones, because you said he's like a big fan of true crime, right? He is, so. which I didn't know. I told Serena this a few weeks ago. I was like, I didn't know my brother was into true crime. He's giving me all kinds of details and stuff to watch. I'm like, cool. It's giving me all kinds of content. I Dude, love it. <laughs> like, side note, your brother, lo- you look exactly like your brother, except he has a beard. Like, you guys look yeah. exactly the same, except it's, he it's looks true. like a mountain man, and then there's you. <laughs> And he's a foot taller than me. <laughs> that too. But yeah, you guys like look exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of talk the same too. It's kind of odd. But, That's funny. You know, he's only, he's 29. So we're only like a couple years apart, but um, happy belated birthday, little brother. And thanks for all the suggestions on crew, true crime shit. <laughs> crew crime. True crime shit. Yay. All right. All well, right. until next time, guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye.